welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. the Lord makes the trip worth it, right? Praise God. Coming in the house of God on kind of a drabby, dreary Sunday, but yet it makes no difference. I look at a day like today like life. It doesn't matter what the day looks like, the Lord can still be in it. Praise God. It makes no difference what's, what you're facing. The, our God can still be in the midst of it, and we thank God for that. Praise God. Well, Revelation, the fourth chapter this morning, if you will, chapter four of the book of Revelation. Amen. Pray for those that are are uh, out and about on trips, closing out their summer, and uh, before we go into this fall, and uh, it will quickly be upon us. I don't know about you, but fall is probably one of my favorite times of the year. I like it when I can roll my window down and feel the cool breeze and see the sun as it glistens off the leaves that are changing and turning colors and hanging on from one last day or a few days before they fall to the ground. And then you got to sweep them up. We got our little notice from Monroe telling us when they're going to come and clean the streets and get the leaves and all that. Do you all get your stuff like that? And so uh, I don't look forward to those days. I like them to hang on as long as they can. Amen. But when God moves in our lives, I like to look at it where there's just this beauty and God is just, I look at him and say, you know, without him, we wouldn't have the, the beauty that we have in this world today. The creation, the creative powers of God, just a wonderful thing. In Revelation, the fourth chapter, <clears throat> after this I looked and behold a door was opened in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne one sat on the throne amen a picture there as John was lifted up to see this place and he noticed as he looked there was a door that was opened in heaven but the thing I want to look at this morning is simply I want to talk about that door maybe if I can use it that way that door will only be open for a limited time only. And uh, I want to encourage all of us and, uh, about the blessings of knowing God and being part of the kingdom of God. And we want to make sure that we get inside 
amen, before it's too late, right? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity as we worship you this morning. Your presence, amen, came in this house. Amen. Your presence is here at this moment, and we're praying, God, for the next little bit, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to each and every one of us as we stand before you. Amen. God, that your word will, amen, have an impact on us. Hallelujah. And we will draw close to you because we know that you're able, amen, to meet our need. Help us, God, to turn loose of those things that would inhibit us, amen, from living for you. Uh, those those uh, objects that would stand in our way, those hindrances that would come against us, amen. Let us see more clearly in this day and time, amen, to be able to put those, place, put those things in their proper places, but allow you to be the true Lord of our lives. Minister to us today, I pray in Jesus' wonderful name, and let everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. Doors are an important thing, right? I like doors. I like doors. I like doors because it keeps things out. Amen. I am a light turner offer and I am a door locker. I don't really like surprises. I don't like somebody to just open a door and announce themselves. I don't like them to just kind of show up and, 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 and just feel like they can walk in. How many knows what I'm talking about? Does anybody here leave your front door open? Well, I'm glad my daughter and my son-in-law are, are camping this weekend. I, I'm, I, I'm always saying, did you lock your doors? They're 30-some years old. Why in the world would I still have to say, do you lock your doors? Or we go to a restaurant, and I'll walk by their, any one of the vehicles. I don't care what it is. And I'll always check the door handle, and it's unlocked. And I'll walk in, and I said, you didn't lock your door. I'm a door locker. Doors are important. Hey, man, and so doors in the Bible were used uh, uh, many times to speak of opportunities. Opportunities. In fact, notice what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2.12 when he said, Furthermore, we, when I came to Troas, I preached Christ's gospel. And then he said what? A door was opened unto me of the Lord. Amen. Heaven has opened its door, I believe, to the world. We are blessed because heaven says, you know what? We're giving you a time. We're giving you opportunity Amen, to make things right with God before the door closes for all time. So we have an opportunity. Thank God. How many thanks God you had an opportunity to walk through the door of salvation? And absolute wonders, I believe, exist beyond those doors. When you walk in, if you could picture what heaven was going to be like, I think it goes far beyond what our minds could ever comprehend. Amen, they exist. And this door that I talk about today and will talk about for a little while will not always stay open. Amen. How many, how many is excited to go eat at a restaurant? It is their time to go. They're open at that time and you go only to find out when you pull on the door, it's locked. You were pumped. You were primed. You knew what you were going to order. You were going to fellowship and have fun. But for some reason, that door closed and locked before time. 
whatever that reason might have been. But I always look at that and I say, you know what? That's going to be just like when the Lord comes for his church. Amen. We're thinking that we're going to come to church another time, open that door. Everything's going to be great. God's going to move and everything's just going to be hunky-dory. We're going to be blessed again and go. But there's going to come a day where people are going to grab that door out there. It's going to be locked and it won't be the same as it, as it ever was before. Church times won't come and go. Amen. People won't come and go. Why? Because the door, not just that door, but the heavenly door of salvation and repentance has been closed and locked, amen, from anybody else entering in. Open now. Everybody shout, open now. But before it closes, we must take the opportunity and make sure we walk in. In fact, Jeremiah 33, 3 said, call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great mighty things, or that, that other mighty things is inaccessible, which thou knowest not. Call upon me and I will answer thee. He said, I've got great things that in, other, in any other way you will not access them. You can't find them. You can't get them. Amen. You can't make them a part of your life unless you come through me. You don't know it, but you got to come through me. You see, the thing of it is, when you go back into the 11th chapter of the book of Jeremiah and read the 11th verse, and I won't go into total detail here, but if you'll go back and read that, you will find out that there are conditions on God blessing us or God moving in our lives. There are things that we have to do, and the children of Israel had to do when Jeremiah was talking to them. They had to put away their idols. They had to put all the stuff away that would be hindrances and, and roadblocks between their relationship and God. That was their problem all along, is they could not leave those things alone that the other, other, other peoples were wanting to bring into their life. Idol idolatry and so on and so forth. But God says unto me, if you want me to answer you, if you want me to answer you, you have to call on me. And if you want me to fulfill what, you, uh, what you're talking about and what you're praying about, you have to take care of some things in your life. In other words, I look at it as simple as this. I have to be able to repent. I got to know when things are not right. I need to understand right now that there's only a limited time that that door will be open. I'm going to tell you right now, amen, this is not a depressing message this morning. This is a message of blessing. Why? Because we have the opportunity. We have the word. We know what it takes, amen, to be able to make heaven our home. That's a blessing. That's a promise. The following passages reveal that the opportunity will not always be there. Psalms actually said in 32nd chapter, verse 5 and 6, I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my, of my sin. Selah. Verse 6, he said, for this, for this, or for the opportunity to be forgiven. For what? The opportunity to be forgiven. Shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found? Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Unto him, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. For this, for this, for the opportunity to be forgiven. Everybody say, for the opportunity to be forgiven. God says, I will forgive. He forgives. 
He said, if you confess your sins, uh, he will forgive you of your sins. If you say, I'm sorry, uh, he will cover you uh, with his blood. The godly pray for these things while God is to be found. Amen. Psalm said 69, 13, but as for me, my prayer is unto thee. Amen. O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of my, my, or thy salvation. Amen. God will hear prayers in an acceptable time. Everybody say acceptable time. Amen. He will accept them in an acceptable time. In other words, you do it now while you can. You don't do it when it's too late. Amen. Psalm, in Psalm 95, 7, 11, notice what he says. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. Everybody say, hear his voice. He said, harden not your heart as in a provocation and as in a day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers, he said, tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. All because they was following after other things other than God. They griped, they complained, they blamed Moses, they blamed Aaron. They blamed God. They blamed anybody else, amen, for their situation. And all God was wanting them to do was take that 11-day journey and they would be in the land of promise. But yet because of their murmuring and their complaining, it cost them 40 years in the wilderness. And then any of them that were 20, up above the age of 20, amen, died in the wilderness. They'd never seen his rest. Listen to me today, amen. Don't, don't think for one moment uh, that God's mercy is going to stretch beyond his judgment. Amen. At that time when he comes for his church, uh, he's going to come to his church, he said, without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the lamb. And once that door closes, uh, amen, his mercy is not going to go beyond that, do that closed door. And that means we, you and I, all of us here today, those that's watching by internet, amen, whoever you might be, uh, that we got to take this serious enough to say, you know what, amen, not my will, but his will. Not my way, but his way. Amen. I got to repent. I got to make things right with God while the door is still open, the, the door of access. I can access the throne room today through my prayers. I can access, I can get, I can, I can be granted audience uh, with the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords today. Oh, clap your hands and praise him this morning. He is worthy of our praise. They hardened their heart. God waited, but they would not change. And so eventually the door was shut. When you look at that phrase, and I won't go deep into it today because we talk about it a lot from time to time, the hardening of the heart. When you look at the hardening of the heart, I had a, grand, I had a, a grandfather that died from hard, hardening, hardening, hardening of the arteries. Amen. Today it'd be more in the, in the line, I think, same line of like dementia, Alzheimer's, so on and so forth. But the number one killer amongst people, uh, at least at one time, is said to be heart disease. Uh, a lot of people have that. And it's so true also in the spirit. 
We have a heart disease. Everybody say a heart disease. Put your hand over your heart and say heart disease. None of us want it, right? In, in, the, in, the, in the natural, we don't want heart disease. But we all know somebody that has heart disease. And maybe some of you that are here today has heart disease. Amen. I don't know. I probably need to go have, have them do one of those tests or whatever. I don't have heart, well, I, you know, in Jesus' name, I don't have heart disease. But when I talk about the spiritual things, I don't want heart disease. When my heart is diseased, it, when we concern our spiritual man, that, that is a, that's a death sentence. Amen. We suffer from that. And the Bible speaks about the hard hearts. Hearts that turn God away. It's easy to do, folks. It's easy. Need to pray, not now. Need to read the Word of God, not now. Need to witness, not now. Need to go to church, ah, next week. Oh, pastor, it's not that bad. But just think about it for a moment. When you know that's where you need to go, but yet you're putting your hand in the face of God and you're saying, no, I can't right now. No, I can't right now. Come on, do that right now. Just put your hand up like that. Isn't that a scary thought? Yeah, no, don't put it up like, put it up like this. Like God's right here. You just said it. No, 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 no. I don't have time. I don't, I'm too busy. I don't, I'm too busy. I don't have time, God. Uh, sorry, God. Yeah. Uh, give me about five hours. I'll be done. Give me about five hours. I'll be done. We try to bargain with God. We try to say, you know what? Hey, Amen. I, 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 you know, I, I, I know I need to do it, but yet not right now. Everybody say not right now. Because see, when we know what to do and we don't do it, we're actually hardening our heart. And God simply said, harden not your heart as your fathers did. They provoked my wrath. Amen. A person's heart. When you look at a person's heart, biblically speaking, it is the part of you that God deals with and relates to you with. How many knows what I'm talking about? When you feel the presence and God begins to deal, amen, with you. Amen. That's what hears from God, if I might say. It's not necessarily your mind. It's your heart. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. No. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, if you want to know the things of God, you have to have something that will, will, will allow you to understand and see them. And it's not your natural man. It's not your natural heart. It's the spirit that dwelleth in you. His spirit, God's spirit. Amen. It alone, that's the only thing, that's the only way you're going to hear. Amen. And that the heart does what? It discerns the things of God. Let me go again to Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8. Hear what it says. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice. Hear, harden not your heart, verse 8, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So he said simply this, if you are told to hear his voice and you harden your heart, amen, then your heart, your heart is, invo is involved in the hearing of God. Amen. The heart accepts God. Hardening the heart will turn, uh, turn you away from God. That old Psalm 
you know, what is it? Turn your heart on Jesus. Amen. Turn your face toward him. Acknowledge him. Understand that, that, that it's him that, that your strength comes from. It's, it's your, your, your forgiveness of sin comes from him. Amen. You, you are, you, your salvation comes from him. Your eternal hope comes from him, right? Amen. And so if we are told to hear him, we must hear him. Amen. So we turn our heart. Paul writes again in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 15 and 16. But even at that, this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Verse 16, it says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. In other words, there's nothing between. We have to understand that there needs to be an openness. Don't have anything between you and God. That has to be removed. Turn to your neighbor and say, remove it. Our hearts are said they are able to turn to God. But he said here that when the heart is turned to God, the veil is removed. The veil is removed. I don't, I don't have one today, but, but I can take these right here or I'll take this right here. You know, there's something about it. When, I, when you have a veil, you can't see as well. So if I don't know the Lord and I got a veil, I, I, I can see light, but I can't really see you. Maybe some people that are closer, I might be able to see a, an outline, but not even that well. I can see anything that's got a little bit of light with it. Uh, amen. And so therefore, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand the whole uh, complexity of the room or, or the makeup of the room. But it's when the veil is removed that now I see clearly. Amen. And Paul says, look, they had the veil. They couldn't see clearly. Uh, amen. But there's going to come a day. Amen. That veil's going to be removed. Uh, amen. The hardness of heart's going to go away. Amen. The Spirit of God's going to deal with you. Uh, amen. The tear, uh, 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 the, uh, the tear that starts. Uh, amen. The, the, uh, the tear that starts and the, and the waves that begin to flow. The glory of God that begins to flow in your life. Uh, amen. The Word of God begins to grab your attention. Uh, prayer becomes more successful. You feel the presence of God. Amen. And all of a sudden because you connected and, and you let the veil drop. Uh, amen. It begins to unlock your senses. Uh, amen. Uh, in your heart uh, so that you become immediately aware, amen, of your responsibility in the kingdom of God. At that moment, you know then what you must do to be right with God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and praise Him this morning. Think about it. When you get away from God, you know, you start kind of, kind of venturing out a little bit, and I, I hate to be, I hate to, I hate to uh, beat on this a lot, but but it's just become impressed impressed on me in in uh, for some time now. That's why you hear me re re talk about prayer and, and fasting and and reading the Word of God, because I think we can get so comfortable with church and so dialed in with just uh, going to church that sometimes we forget the other parts of our relationship with God. I go to church, therefore I don't need to do these other things. I'm faithful in church and I don't need to, I pay my tithes, I give in the offering, I, I give the missions, I do all these different things. So I don't really take a, a, a you know, it's not, not necessary for me, uh, amen, to do some of these other things. I hate to tell you this this morning, amen, those are all good, and those are all part of your relationship with God. But unless your heart is connected with Him, 
and your heart is driving you in your relationship with him. And you desire to be in the presence of God. Some people go to church, but if they get in the presence of God, that's good. If they don't, hey, that's okay too. With me, I want to come to the house of God, not to have something that's dry and dull and boring, but I want to come to experience something that will move me, that will challenge me to go beyond where I'm at, that will say, hey, you need to pray. You need to seek my face. You need to call on my name. I need something that will help me focus on the things that are right because absence from that presence will dull your heart and you will lose sight of that keen sensitivity uh, that you felt uh, while his spirit was dealing uh, with you. It's easy then to make excuses. We all do it for our lack. It's easy to believe these excuses. We like it, Brother Bobby, when we have an excuse. I've got an excuse. I can't go. I've got an excuse. Because it might put us in a situation to where it's not convenient. And so we, we decide, well, I've got an excuse, so that's good. I, I don't have to go because I've got an excuse. Uh, amen. Please let me, hear me this morning. Don't lean on excuses to get you out of spiritual things. Now, grant you, things are going to come along, and it will, it will affect your spiritual things uh, or church and things like that. But that's where you're determined that, hey, when I get down and pray, when I turn on the music and I begin to sing, uh, I'm going to connect with God. I'm not going to lose that. I'm not going to get dull. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose uh, that sensitivity uh, to the things of God because the door is only going to be open uh, for a limited time. His presence will affect your heart. His presence will affect your heart. That's why you want it. So it only seems fit since God is love. What other part would he relate to besides our heart? When he's near to us, our heart knows it. Come on, you know that. Come on, you know that. You know that. How many, how many members when your husband or, 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 your, or your, you know, you got a husband, wife, when they first started dating, they enjoyed being together. They couldn't wait for it. Oh, yeah, we couldn't wait for it. Hallelujah. Oh, such a spiritual thing. Amen. But, but, but hear me. You know, you know where I'm going with this. You, couldn't, you, you enjoyed it. You couldn't, you know, it was like, oh, man, what are you doing? I'll pick you up at 6. I'll pick you up at 7. You know, oh, man, you know, we're going to go. You know, you did, it didn't matter where you went. You, you could go anywhere. See, that all changes, gentlemen, after, they, after you marry them. It changes. They don't like some of that stuff anymore. They're just, you know, they're just, uh, you mention it now, you know. And uh, they all laugh at me because everybody's trying to say, you make up your mind where you want to go. And I'm like, no, nah, you make up your mind. I'm not going to pick. You know, you guys make up your mind. Dang, you, know, you know, me and my daughter will go back and forth with my son, you know, and all that kind of stuff for my wife. And, Back and forth, back and forth, and finally they'll they'll say, "Okay, how about here?" And I'm like, ah, "I don't like that." <laughs> That's why we never want to choose. But how about that in your relationship with God? You know, we need to have that 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 first love. 
Amen. That first love, that puppy love, if I might say, where when you first came in contact with God, you couldn't wait to get back. You couldn't wait to get to the altar. You couldn't wait to pray. You couldn't wait, amen, to sing the songs of Zion. You couldn't wait to be involved in the things of God. Amen. But sometimes when we get in that relationship, after a while, things get dull. And you have to figure out ways to to freshen things up and do things to make things where you're happy and enjoy the things that you're doing together. I'm telling you, it's work. Everybody say it takes work. It takes work in the natural. It takes work in the spiritual. If you're going to ever have a relationship with God, you got to work at it. Nobody said it's going to be free. Everybody wants free things today. But your relationship with God is not going to be free. Amen. Yes, uh, it's freely. Uh, he gives it to you. Uh, but from that point on, you got to work at it. Amen. There's a maintenance program. In a world that's weak and long way from the thoughts of God, it causes one to become insensitive to the awareness. I, I, I shudder to think what the world's going to do when, they, when, it's, when it's very obvious to them that the rapture of the church has taken place and the door of opportunity has been closed. Do you, do you ever think what that's going to be like in this world? I happen to believe that there's a lot of people that really are not connected, so they really won't. They'll be thinking that, you know, that uh, they'll be looking at Area 51 and, and uh, you know, UFOs and, and all this kind of stuff of just kind of taking a bunch of people. Seriously, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking about that. I'm telling you, that's the way you listen to these people talk today about all this stuff today and on the radio. You're thinking, are you serious now? You're PhDs and this and this and this, and you got all these degrees as long as your arms and legs and, and all that, and, you, and you're talking this foolishness? But people will believe it and come that day all of a sudden. Now, I don't know what God's got out there, whatever he does. All I know is what, what he's put in the word of God. Amen. Amen. All I know is that he's, he's given us a summary. I'm going to preach about this someday. He's given us a summary. He didn't put every little, uh, every little detail in the book. A summary. Amen. I can understand the summary, amen, of what God is doing. But understand this for sure. You got to realize that God is going to come. He's going to come for the people that are ready. He's going to come for the people that left their hearts open to Him. He's going to come for the people that have repented and been filled with His Spirit and been washed in His blood. We live in a world that's weak and sensitive. They're not. They're, they're, their senses are not keen. I can go back to Adam and Eve, and I, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's after they fell in the garden, after they disobeyed the word of God. You know, really, honestly, everybody says, well, you know, they, uh, they, uh, uh, you know, they fell because they partook of the fruit. Really, honestly, they fell because they disobeyed a word of God. You know, and so they found themselves there in the, in the garden, and, and they were naked and ashamed, and and they took fig leaves and sewed them together or however, and they covered themselves with these aprons. And then they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And uh, Adam and his wife's hid from the presence of God. And God began to call out to Adam. And he began to inquire, where are you, Adam? Where are you at? And he said, I, I heard thy voice and I was in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And you read on and said, God said, who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you? See, that's a scary thought. You've got to understand the enemy is always, the enemy is always wanting to attack your mind 
and cause you to begin and, 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 and create things in your life and cause you to stray away from the Word of God. Amen. It's ultimately, ultimately, you know, the sin out there that you go out and do, that's not what's going to destroy you. What, it all started with disobe disobedience to the Word of God. Think about it. Disobedience. Disobedience. Amen. So the covering he had was not sufficient. God was not satisfied. He walked, he walked on, uh, you know, he, he walked on basically maybe satisfied with, with the job that he had done, but God was not satisfied. He hides himself from the presence of God. See, God's presence sharpened Adam's conscience. He knew he did not do a good enough job. He was still naked in the eyes of God. And when God deals with us, we immediately catch ourselves being drawn back to him. I encourage you, I encourage you this morning, amen, don't allow yourself to wander too far away from his presence. You need to come back to him. If I give in to God, I'll be, I have to be more dedicated than I am now. See, everybody, everybody's got, you know, we, we live in a world where, you know, low expectation. We live in a low expectation world. Come on, this is, all, this is all you have to do and we'll give you this. Or this is, you, don't, you don't have to do a lot of stuff, you know. You, you just kind of, everybody's picking for the low-hanging fruit. You know, they don't want to climb the ladder. They don't want to work hard at anything. They just want something that they can get uh, that, that uh, uh, you know, that, 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 that doesn't push them too hard. Amen. But, but folks in the kingdom of God, amen, it's, it, I don't, I don't want to just stay on ground level. I don't want to just kind of have fun uh, uh, just kind of doing the things down here. Amen. But, I, but, but giving in to God is not about me having to climb a tree to pick the fruit. Uh, amen. It's about me climbing up in the presence of God. Getting into his presence. Amen. Getting into his atmosphere. Amen. Knowing uh, that it's there that I'm going to find what I need in him. Not down here picking the low fruit. Not down here just not really uh, uh, tapped into it. Not down here where everything in my life just kind of comes and goes. Uh, amen. But getting into the presence of God where I know and I'm si sensitive to his presence in my life. I don't want to resist God. I want to accept God. I don't want to harden my heart. I want my heart to be soft to Him. Amen. I, I want to be in a place where I want Him as the heart panteth after the brook, O Lord. Let my heart pant after Thee. When you're in a world running for your life and you're searching for something to give you a little bit of satisfaction, uh, it's the streams of God, uh, amen, the waters of God, uh, amen, that's going to flow in your life. Uh, it's going to give you that green pasture. It's going to give you uh, that sustaining water. It's going to give you that protection. No matter what the world does, uh, no matter how it goes, uh, amen, get in the house of God, uh, amen, while you can, uh, amen, and God will put his hand upon you. Just to be in prayer and feel the warm embrace, amen, of God begins to take the cold rigidness away of the world, amen. Don't shut him off, amen. Desire him, amen. Don't quit. Get more involved, amen. You feel like sometimes there's no opportunities, but in reality there's a lot of opportunities. God has a lot for everybody, amen. Amen. And I'm telling you here today, those that have walked through the open door, 
amen, that's, that's open at this moment. You discover a life in Christ, amen, a life in Christ, amen, that casts shadows over anything in this world. The Bible calls it mounting up with, the wing, with wings as eagles. Climbing up. Come on, John. Come on up here. Come a little higher. Come a little higher. Come on. You know that's what God, you know when we begin to worship God, you know when you begin to praise God, you know when we start singing God, you know what that simply is? That's a call to come closer. Come a little higher. Come a little higher. You know when we get our knees or we walk and we pray, it's a call to us. Come a little higher. Come a little higher. Climb a little higher. Climb a little higher. I got something for you. I got something for you. I got something. You know, when I was a kid growing up, amen, usually nothing really important was down here where I could get to it. You know, Christmas time, you know, it wasn't the things, Brother Singer, that was around the tree that was too, there wasn't, no, that wasn't the things. You know, I knew that there was going to be a special gift somewhere. So that's when you'd get a chair and you'd drag it through your house when mom and dad were out doing something and you try to figure out where is that gift where is that present? Where is it at? It's not down here. You begin to look in the closets. You begin to pull things back. You begin to try to search in higher places for that special gift. Let me tell you something. It's like that in the spirit. A lot of times you're not going to find it down here, the easy stuff. You're not going to find it down here. But when you begin to climb, when you set your eye on it, you say, you know what? i got to climb a little bit for this. I'm going to have to reach a little higher for this. Amen. I might have to push some things out of the way for this. Hallelujah. If I want to get my eye on it, I'm going to, it's going to work. I've got to work at it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be there at my fingertips. Amen. I'm going to have to climb. I'm going to have to seek a little harder. I'm going to have to search for it. I'm going to have to pray harder. I'm going to have to fast, seek the face of God. I'm going to have to be more. It's going to have to be more important than other things in my life. Folks. I look at that as an opportunity when God says, I've got something for you, but you got to climb a little higher. It's like that pearl of great price. It's like that treasure in a field. It's just not there. you got to dig for it. you got to work. Everybody say, work at it. And Lord knows we've all had missed opportunities. Amen. We could talk about that. That's a whole other two or three sermons. We talk about missed opportunities. Amen. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that, that, that uh, uh, you and I can have it. You and I can have it. You know, we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to stop with what we have. Amen. We can go on. There's a harvest to be had. You're not going to get it by looking at it. You've got to get out in it. And you've got to start taking it in. All that corn and beans out there you see planted right now. Amen. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't start with that just being a plant. It started with somebody planting it in the ground and doing everything it was, that, that needed to be done to make sure it would grow. And, and now that it's getting to where it's at, it's not going to harvest itself. It takes people to get into the fields and harvest it. I'm here to tell you today, we water, we plant, we, we plant, we water, uh, amen, we sow the seed of the word of God, and then we just kind of sometimes we'll sit back and say, okay, come to us, but that's not necessarily going to happen, uh, amen, we're going to have to get in the field, uh, roll up our sleeves, uh, amen, and begin to grab the harvest, uh, amen, it's ripe, it's ready, uh, it's ready to come in, uh, amen, we need to go get it, uh, amen, take the opportunity, uh, seize the opportunity, uh, and go out and get it done in Jesus' name. Don't waste your time. Don't miss the opportunities because the door is going to close. The door is going to close. 
Amen. Also, don't waste a chance. If God gives you an opportunity, don't waste it. Luke 19, 41, 42, notice what it says. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou at least this thy day, the things which belong unto, the, unto, unto thy peace, but now they, have hid, they are hid from thine eyes. If you'd have known. If you'd have known. Everybody said, if I'd have known. Amen. Don't ever be said that. If, don't ever be said that after you get beyond that, 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 that door being closed, if I'd have known. If I'd have known this was going to happen, I'd have done th some things different. Come on, be serious. We all need to be serious because God wants to use each and every one of us. God wants to use each and every one of us. He wants to bless our lives because we're blessing other people. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, for a great door of effectual is open unto me and there are many adversaries. It's not going to be easy. He said there are many adversaries. We've been going through Acts. Amen. We've been following uh, along his journeys in the book of Acts. Understand, uh, there were adversaries. There were people that wanted him dead. Paul knew it. He knew they'd try to stop him. But he kept on going. Paul wasn't a pushover. Remember, I talked about last week where they said, don't go to Agabus, the prophet Agabus, and all those different people were telling him, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to put you in bonds and chains. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go. Where did he go? He went to Jerusalem. Paul knew he had many adversaries. He knew they were going to stop, try to stop him. Amen. But Paul was not a pushover. I don't ever want to be a pushover for the things of God. I don't want anything to stop me. Nothing can stop us. Amen. If we have a burning desire. Amen. Everybody say burning desire. Look, I'll just say it as simple as this. You can go read it later. Luke the 8th chapter. It talks about there was a, a, a certain man that had devils for a long time. Amen. Had, didn't have, wore no clothes, neither boat in any house. He stayed in the tombs. But the, 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 it tells us that when he saw Jesus, he had anywhere between three and 6,000 devils in him. But when he saw Jesus, those devils could not stop him from crying out. They could not stop him from falling down before him. And with a loud voice, those spirits spoke out and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Think about it. Those demons, all of them, could not stop this man. He ran, he bowed down to Jesus. Look, I'm telling you here this morning that really, honestly, amen, you should let nothing, no matter what cares of life or what, don't let anybody stop you from running to get to the feet of Jesus. That's where your help is. That's where your help is. Come on, read that story and you'll see real quickly uh, where, where they understood where the authority was. They knew it wasn't in them. They knew it was in Jesus. So he just, they didn't want him just to cast them out. They, employed, they said, hey, at least, let us, at least let us go in the swine. But to show you how destructive uh, those spirits are, when they did, the pigs ran off and drowned in the sea. Sin is never, is never going to help you be happy. It's always going to leave you bitter and you're going to feel unfulfilled. But the things of God, 
the things of God. I got I to quit. Amen. When God closes, nobody can open. Look at the ark. You understand the parallels there. You understand. While it is said today, in other words, amen, you got to let things happen. Let me tell you a little story I was looking at. Uh, you know, we don't worry about the enemy too much. We don't, uh, you know, we don't think about, you know, those things. This is a little kind of a amusing story about a young man that went before a district board to receive his license to minister. And as usual, the district board members were inquisiting about the Bible or different things. What do you know? Kind of talking a little bit about different things. And so as they began to talk, when they were just about done, a question was asked. And the young minister said, well, he said, I, I, I believe in heaven, uh, you know, and I believe in, uh, you know, all this message and everything like that. But I really just not for sure that there's a devil. And uh, so after they put him outside and they began to talk and a lot of the presbytery was there and they said and they said you know if this guy don't know there's a devil we ought not be giving him a license he doesn't need a license to preach if he don't understand there's a devil and one older minister seasoned man he said to those he said ah give him a license and in one month he'll understand there's a devil Look, the devil's going to fight. You may be, you know, you may not feel anything right now, but when you start climbing to get the things of God, when you start reaching higher for the things of God, you're going to you're going to find out real quick there is a devil. There is an enemy. There is there is a there is there is one that will stand in opposition to you getting anything from God. But you and I have to be determined that we understand who he is and that he has no authority over me or authority over the, the power of God. Why? Because we quote it often, but it's true. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What did Paul say in Ephesians? That he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What is that? That's God's power. Amen. So with, in God, with, if, if God is with us, who can be, who can stand against us? Right? Amen. So I'm telling you this morning, amen, that, that with you, amen, if we have one, one can put, uh, you know, a, a thousand to fly. You know, if you have two, you can put 2,000, whatever. If we have all of us here tonight, we can put as many, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, amen, makes no difference. Amen. But today, you and I have to make up in our mind what we want to be. The door is open. The door of opportunity is open. But you got to get there. It's only open for a limited time. Everybody say limited time. Amen. Because one day it will close. We understand that. Never to be open again as far as salvation is concerned. He turned from the Jews, but there will be a day that he turns back to them. And if you're paying attention at all, at all, to anything that's going on in the world today, and paying attention to what's going on in the Middle East, don't take your eye off of it. There will be a lot of little stuff out here, all these stuff that's busy trying to get our eyes here and there and everywhere else. But you got to keep your eyes on the things of God. Let's stand together. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. How many is glad for the Word of God this morning? Praise God. Well, I want to open these altars for just a moment. If you would like to come around on this Labor Day weekend.
Amen. No service tonight, but if you, if you want to come to the front here, just raise your hand and say, God, I've decided to follow you. I'm not going to turn back from following you. I'm not going to go in another direction. I'm going to follow after you. Amen. God, I accept that opportunity. I accept the challenge of this end time to reach out to those in this world that are lost and dying, whether it's a family member, friend, or whoever. Whoever it might be, I open my arms, I open my heart, I open my mind. Lord, for you to do something in me, I stand here ready, I stand here willing. I'm willing, God, to accept the challenge. I'm willing to reach for higher fruit in the tree. It's going to take work. But I'm willing to do it, God. I'm willing to do it, God. I'm willing. Help me, Lord, to fulfill your purpose. desire a change. Help us, Lord Jesus.
more time. Clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Tuesday night. Tuesday night is corporate prayer. Wednesday night, Bible study. Amen. We're going to come back in the house of God and be able to worship Him. But between now and then, we need to reach out into this world. Speak to the hearts of people that are in desperate need. Look, this world doesn't know what it's running headlong into. This world doesn't know what it's running headlong into. They're fixing to see the judgments of God up close and personal. But you and I need to come to the place to where we say, you know what? I'm changing my course. And I'm going to help other people change. So God bless you. Shake hands with one another. This week, let it, be, let it be a time in the harvest where you can touch people and speak something into their spirit about the things of God in Jesus' name. God bless you. We will see you back Tuesday night for those that come to church prayer. If everybody can come, that'd be great. We're going to be starting some new things coming up here pretty soon in the fall. So uh, let's really be determined we're going to do this. Pray for the Spanish work. Amen. When you pray, mention the Spanish work. God's going to do some great things there. We're having faith in that. Amen. Reach out to your family members. Bring them to the house of God. Let's pack this place out. God bless.